What'd you say? They jumped the shark. Who jumped the shark? Are we recording now? <laughs> we are rolling. Oh, okay. Uh, this uh, article you sent me on uh, the Cambridge Dean going full woke, claiming Jesus could have been trans- transgender. Transgender? Trans- I've got cranberries on my mind here. Also, a 90s, was it a 90s or an 80s band? The cranberries were popular in the 1990s. An Irish band. The lead singer had that distinct voice. She recently passed away. La, la, la. La, 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 la. I can't remember how it goes. Zombie, zombie. I don't remember her name, but yeah, she, she died maybe five years ago or something. The Cranberries were an Irish rock band formed in Limerick Island. There once was a band named Cranberries who liked to sing about fanberries. They sang really loud, ascended up to the cloud, and then were thrust back down with the rest of us Larrys. Okay, that was close to a limerick. That was pretty good. That was uh, because they were formed in limerick or limerick. <laughs> I don't know how the Irish people pronounce that, but I assume that... City, which is probably a bad assumption, goes somehow with the name of the short poem style limerick. Maybe so. Formed in 1989. So yeah, popular in the 90s. One of our listeners we haven't heard from in a while, Dimitri, is, is very much, prides himself on his knowledge of um, pop music, and especially music when he grew up in the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Right. Still growing up, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he I gave up on that. pointed out that the B-52s, we sort of implied it in uh, one of our la- last few podcasts, that the B-52s were named for the bomber. Uh-huh. And I, technically, Dimitri, we didn't say that. We just said there was a bomber named B-52. We didn't literally state as fact that they had named the band after the B-52 bomber. What, and he pointed out astutely that... They named the band after a hairstyle called the B-52, which was so named because it's sort of a beehive haircut that looks like the nose cone of a B-52 bomber. So, okay, well, isn't that the same thing? No, it's a haircut and then a bomber. So the haircut is a, is a, meaty, is a, is a middleman between the bomber and the band. No. <laughs> a, a little bit of trivia um, from Dimitri's point of view there that is significant. Is that like I, quoting somebody quoting scripture? We, yeah, we yeah. <laughs> we could do a whole episode on that. Uh, I think that, and we had a little back and forth via text over this, that the, the name of the bomber had something significant to do with it in that they were formed, they formed their band in the late 70s in the wake of the Vietnam War, of course, mm-hmm. when the B-52 is in use and, it, it, you know, 
counterculture. Counter, it's really weird because in the 60s and 70s, there was this counterculture, this huge mass movement amongst the young people against the police state and against the wars. <clears throat> and now the movement, all of those people have become the statists, it seems like. Now it's cool to stand with Ukraine. Right. Or to stand with the latest psychosis that Jesus was really, in fact, transgender. Why? Because Renaissance art depicts him with a wound on his side that somewhat resembles the female genitalia. Is that the? Did I understand that article right? I don't know if there's if, it's, if there's any way to understand it because it was so it was so bizarre and ridiculous. <clears throat> but that was part of it. Was well, I thought that was the main assertion. Yeah, it was. It was. See, Bobby texted this to me, and before you, before I had actually read it, I fired back like <coughs> a string of comments, like, "Well, they probably, you know, there, there's this whole vein of Gnosticism that thought that God, or or people, people arrive at this conclusion by looking at." I'm not saying all the Gnostics or the Gnostics really invented this, but there are many that have arrived at the conclusion that God is a hermaphrodite, meaning both male and female, because of certain uh, iconography or, or texts that imply that God has aspects that are both male and female. And the closest we get in the standard works to this is the passage in Genesis that God created Adam and Eve um, in his image and that the image of God is both male and female. Right. And this I believe to be a perversion or an unfortunate conclusion that's drawn because of the Deuteronomistic monotheistic rebellion from the, the earlier polytheistic religion, the idea that there are many gods and that the father and mother, the most high God, is, you know, that whether you call the most high God the father or you call it the father and the mother, there are, there is a, there are two beings there that are required to, to complete the creative pair. And once the woman got removed, all these evidences from the earlier forms of worship and the earlier texts got misconstrued to be that this was a one entity that had the characteristics of both male and female. Did I adequately explain that? I Probably. Think so. I hope so. I think you can see what I'm saying here is that I don't think God, I think it's ridiculous to say Jesus was transgender, but certainly this notion that God is a hermaphrodite, meaning encapsulates both male and female in the same identity the same person is uh i i think misinformed because the the uh the best <laughs> okay this gets this this you have to start um contemplating the idea of being at one or being one with other people, right? It doesn't mean that you're the same, right? We're one, but we're not the same. 
So you can be you can be together, but like Adam and Eve could have been more. The, the idea that Eve was taken as a rib from Adam's side is this idea that they were they were more connected in the heavens, and then it's a, it's a metaphor for that <clears throat> that they were that they were deeply connected in the heavens, and then they were split here on the earth, and so. I guess you could draw the conclusion that that means they came from the actual same entity, but in reality, what you would call that in, in the Greek language is a dyad, meaning rather than a monad. Remember, monotheism comes out of this idea that there's only one God, and so uh, if you had a, a dyad, that would be two gods. You've heard terms like the Ennead, the Ogdoad. That, that's when they list out you know, eight or nine gods. From the yeah, the, this Cambridge crew is far less interesting than this, though. The, the, <laughs> but you a, see where it comes from. What uh, I'm saying is, but it's not where they are coming. If from. you want to call, if you want to, yeah, if you want to call God, you can't call him a hermaphrodite because that would mean that a, a monad, a single God, had all this, all the, uh, the, all the uh, <clears throat> genders combined in them. But when you look, when you're looking at the creative pair, that's a dyad. It's two gods. It's two. Right. These guys, it was a junior researcher who... How come it says it was the Cambridge dean? The, the dean backed it up, but the junior researcher... I don't really know what that means, if it's a, an adult or a student or whatever, but the junior researcher, based on this painting, which our audience cannot see, decided that the wound in the side was female genitalia in nature, and therefore he must have a trans body. Like... It, it, it's a so, si- it's a, it's literally it's a side you know a wound in his side absurdity a beyond cut. belief right right I mean, that's that 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 means you have to abandon thousands of years of reality <laughs> of accepted reality at least to say that's what that artist intended. Well, and I think that's the painting that he's referring to. There's a, there's a lot of different. I think there's a bunch of different paintings. With similar names, but anyway, it doesn't matter. The absurdity scale, every you know, it's just been blown to bits, right? There is no absurdity scale anymore. No, that is absurd. It's just we're going to keep the scale, me and you. <laughs> no, the scale used to be like, well, that's just absurd, was, and everyone would dismiss self, it. It used to be self-evident. Now it's only self-evident to us. Now it's is that like what you're now the absurdity scale has no limit. It's just more. Yeah. How absurd can we get more? The the term for that I think in politics is the Overton window. You've looked into that before, right? This idea yeah. that there's a range of a range of acceptably uh, digestible ideas that they call a window. They call it the Overton window, and then they try to move that window so that they can insert into the public mind more and more and more ridiculous or or uh, openly destructive ideas, so they can get what they want. Right. And then, and then the people fighting it feel like they get the victory because, oh, well, they didn't go so far. They pulled back a little. And then when you zoom out, you realize that you're still, you're still a slave. When you look at the people carrying the, the objects and walking behind you, between you and the fire, casting the shadows on the wall. Right. Well, today is uh, today is Monday. It is Monday, November twenty eighth, two 
2022. We hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving weekend. I know that Jordan did. Yes, I did. It was very nice. We had multiple parties, which was good. If you come from Utah, you might have a big family in Utah. It's a possibility. And that translates into more than one Thanksgiving dinner. Right. At least in my case. Yeah, it was a good weekend. I spent a lot of time with family, a lot of time on the hill, deer hunting. Yeah. That was nice. Saw a very nice big trophy buck that you would love to have on your wall. But the deer had other intentions. <laughs> and he gave us the slip, yeah. as they say. But it was a really fun, it was just a great weekend with family and friends. Weather was nice. Well, but, as uh, expected, the Detroit Lions <clears throat> lost on Thanksgiving <clears throat> to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the poor, the Detroit Lions are a, are such a sad story. <laughs> They've just never been good. And I, and I kind of wonder about, there's always, in each major pro sport, there's always a team or two that has just never been good. And I, I have to wonder why that is. Because usually in the cycle of, you know, turnover of the athletes and coaches, and, and at some point you're going to have a decent team, right? Just, just, just at random chance, you, you know, the, 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 the card deck is going to fall into mm-hmm. your favor. But there's certain franchises that just haven't ever been able to overcome that. So I, did you watch any football over the weekend? I did not. I did watch a bit, yeah. Did you see if the Cowboys won? Because I know I, I the think, answer. I'm looking at ESPN I think here. the Cowboys did win. Of course. The Cowboys always win and the Lions but, always lose. But that the Cowboys, is the Thanksgiving tradition. The, the Cowboys will win meaningless games. They don't win in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> they have won the Super Bowl before. Yeah, but that was 30 years ago, Jordan. Oh, really? Seems like just yesterday. It does, doesn't it? But that was in the mid-90s when the Troy Aikman days when they had the great rivalry with Steve Young and the 49ers. Let's see. Cowboys Super Bowl. This is saying they've won it five times, 96, 93, in no particular order. 96, 93, 94, 78, and 72. So, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. But they've had some good teams, you know, since then. They've had some contenders. They had some good teams with Tony Romo. And they're not bad now. I don't know that there's... Is that the guy that did the ribs? Uh, franchise Tony Romo's uh no that was his brother Tony Roma Tony Roma okay <laughs> what was that place called was it Tony Roma's I think so yeah the barbecue place yeah I wonder if that's still around well anyway I'm gonna ask Google we're the mind virus show I'm Bobby Flood that's Jordan Bruno over here looking at TonyRomas.com. <laughs> legendary for ribs famous for so much more and yeah, uh his brother, Tony Roma. Okay. That's, and that's how reality is discerned in this day and age. Three seconds on Google and uh, one total and complete misfire of the brain. And Tony Romo and Tony Roma are brothers. It was like uh, there's a... Actually, uh, one of them uh, is a woman. The Roma. Tony Roma is a woman? Yeah. It's... Got well, an, it's got an A on the end of it. Sounds feminine. He must be transgender. Oh uh, boy! So he identifies as well, a thirteen-year-old spe- girl. Speaking of, there was there's a an actress. I don't know if for she's, tax purposes only. <clears throat> Go ahead. 
there's an actress. I don't know if she is still kind of a, a A-lister or whatever, but her name was Eva Longoria. Remember her? Let's see. I'll look her up. Eva Longoria. she married to um, Tony Romo? Uh, if I type in Eva Longoria, it's automatically saying Eva Longoria, Tony Romo. Maybe they were, which is funny that because I wasn't thinking that. But there was also there's also a professional baseball player named Evan Longoria, literally the same name but with an N, Evan Longoria. Mm-hmm. And the joke was that well, those two guys, those two people should get married. Get it, Evan and Eva Evan Longoria, and, Eva, yeah, and they, they wouldn't they have, have to change, change their name. Names, yeah. It would just be they would sort of mash into being one person. Anyway, so there's yeah. So it looks like uh, this is this is a story um, mirroring the one of the themes of the movie The Natural. There's an article here on the New York Post asking: Is Eva is she a is it Giselle? What's how do you say the name of uh, Giselle? Giselle is that uh, what's his name? Now um, Tom Brady's, Tom Brady's ex-wife. ex-wife. Yeah. They recently divorced. Yeah. Is it Giselle? I believe it's Giselle. I guess I should know that. There was a show called Enchanted, right? Where the main character's name was Giselle. Maybe. I remember that show. A musical show. They're doing another one called Disenchanted. I haven't heard anything about that. I'm guessing it's uh, up is down, black is white, and all the men are women and the women are men and everything's disenchanted. I mentioned the new Christmas story movie last yeah. week with some skept- with some skepticism, but I've heard good things. I've not yet seen it. Okay. But I've heard good things that it's actually pretty well done. Unfortunately, it's only available on HBO Max, which means that you have to subscribe to HBO Max if you haven't already to see it. I won't be <clears throat> subscribing to that. Anyway, we're wondering here in 2012... September, if Eva Longoria is going to distract Tony Romo from a good year. And it sounds like that she did because they did not win the Super Bowl that year. But did he have mission a mission accomplished? Year? See, only one team can win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but if and their so, star player has a hot uh, lady yeah, girlfriend, they're going to blame all, they're going to blame it on her if they lose. You know, but all of the all of the all of the big time starting quarterbacks have Hot wives and girlfriends. There's even a term for it. Wives and girlfriends. Wags. And there's wags? There's whole websites and things dedicated to athlete wags. Hmm. Wives and girlfriends. <clears throat> if we're gonna turn today into a sports uh broadcast, we can talk about the, the rise and fall of Zach Wilson. Lo- local boy. Yeah, you know, you know, he had a pretty good career at BYU, local university here. Is he really fallen? And then he was drafted number two by the New York Jets to come and be their their uh, star quarterback, Moses, to lead them out of the wilderness. The Jets are another one of those franchises that has really struggled for the most part. They've had a couple yeah. decent seasons here and there, but he got off to a promising start. You're but, talking about Joe Namath, I'm assuming. Well, that was 50 years ago. <laughs> Joe Namath nowadays is more known for being drunk on television and asking Susie Colbert if he could kiss her. Oh, really? Than he is for leading the Jets to the 1969 Super Bowl victory over somebody that was highly favored. I know nothing about this. I want to kiss you. 
Is that what he said? <laughs> it was sad and hilarious. If, I, I really... Was he wearing a fur coat? Uh, no, I don't think so. But you know, that you could still find that on YouTube. And That's s- not. It sounds embarrassing. The, really, the embarrassing part of it was that the producers of ESPN who were broadcasting the game, you know, and they're interviewing Joe Namath on the sideline, should have realized right away that he was drunk and should have never done the interview. But I think that they knew they could get some some views and people talking about it and uh, they it could embarrass like they Joe did. Namath. And Joe Namath, of course, was embarrassed and had to apologize. But Zach Wilson <clears throat> is not having a good season. He had some off season controversy off the field. What happened? Well Tell his this is where you start to get into the TMZ territory. Okay. Which might be a little foreign to our sophisticated audience, but it's not foreign to me. TMZ being a tabloid? Yeah. Or just a, a reporting a service that reports on the, the activities of the Hollywood crowd. Right. So in the so Zach Wilson was dating a, a girl here at the BYU. Yeah. I don't remember her name. It's not important. But they apparently broke up. Oh, okay. And as you know, as you do. And then she started dating Zach Wilson's good friend and former BYU teammate, Dax Milne, who plays for the Washington, formerly Redskins, now Commanders. Let's just call them the Redskins. You can't, because you will be canceled for hate speech. But if you call them the former Redskins, you're not canceled for hate speech? No, you can say former okay. and say anything. Anyway, she... Said something on you Instagram. Can't say black and I, people formerly called. I'm, I'm not even going there. There's <laughs> jokes, but I'm not doing them. She posted on Instagram that, that one of the reasons she broke up with Zach was because he was having affairs with friends of his mom's. Okay, go back. I was trying to, I I was, my mind was in two places. I was trying to think of other things you can't say. And then I just heard that she posted on Instagram because of affairs with her, because Zach Zach Wilson, with her mom, friends of his mom. He was having an affair with friends of friends, multiple women that were older than. They were friends of his mom. Right. These women are probably recent, recently become friends with his mom now that he's... I, who knows? His mom... See, see, the whole Wilson family, and I don't want to judge their character or anything. I'm just going by what's public. They, they, they seem trying to... Like they're trying to cash in on his fame. In no way, shape, or form related to the Wilsons of uh, the Beach Boys fame. No. No, I don't think so. But his mom, Zach Wilson's mom, has a pretty prominent social media presence okay and i'm not gonna put any links to this stuff up on our podcast you can all you can go look it up if you're interested some of this stuff you guys are gonna have to do a little work on your own i'm sitting here thinking (laughs) man how do i how do i source all of this bobby if there Uh, is nothing at all the mind virus show for sure you could find it all mediocrely sourced you could find it all in one article on is mediocrely a word I it is so. now. It is now. You could find it all summarized in in one article on you know. I'm not even probably TMZ or yeah, you go find that article <clears throat> posted in the comments. You know, like uh, Barstool Sports or something probably. Or anyway, 
she she made that uh, allegation and of course the the sports world thought it was great they they Zach Wilson was getting all this praise for being this like suave whatever you want to do whatever you want to call it um and this was before the season started this was in the like August before of the, this year yeah and then cuz this is his second year second or third yeah Maybe second? I think it's his second year. Anyway, there was all this, like, distraction. And then he got hurt in the preseason, so he didn't start the year healthy. Has he played at all this year? Oh, yeah. He's played, and he's played very, very poorly. Because of all the affairs. Well, and it came to a head uh, last week. Not, not to yesterday, but last week. When the game, I watched a lot of this game. It was one of those games that was so terrible that it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was against the, um, man, I don't even remember who it was against now, but it, it was three to three late in the fourth quarter. We're talking like less than a minute to go in the game. It's three to three, which if you're not familiar with American in football, soccer, that's a high scoring game. Three to three is a terrible football if you've game. Been watching World Cup, it's like, yes, they scored six right. goals. In the Goal! NFL. All right. Well done. In the NFL, that means each team scored a field goal, which is worth three points. That's where you kick it through the uprights. And Zach Wilson was terrible in that game. Well, at the, with, the, with about 20 seconds to go, the Jets punted the ball. And the opposing team fielded the punt and ran it all the way back for a touchdown to win the game as time expired. <laughs> And that was Zach Wilson's fault? He missed a tackle or something? No, Zach Wilson wasn't on the field when that happened, but Zach Wilson was very bad in that game. Remember, Just Zach Wilson... how hapless the Jets are. Zach Wilson... He was the, drafted the, the, number two. The Zach Wilson led... Excellent and they're paying him a lot of money. The Zach Wilson-led offense scored three points. And in the post-game conference, the, post, the, post, the post-game press conference... A reporter said, "Do you to Zach Wilson? Do you feel like you let the defense down? Because three to three, you know that means the Jets' defense, which is a pretty good defense, mm-hmm. they also held the opposing team to three points. So yeah, you it's would, pretty good. You'd expect that if your defense holds a team to three points, you have a pretty good chance of winning that game. Do you feel like you let the Jets' d- defense down? And the right answer is." Absolutely. It's absolutely. We have to put more to points on the board. Our defense kept us in the game. They gave us a chance to win the game today. And this has we, been said a thousand and, times. And I didn't do enough to, put, to move the ball down the field and to score more points. They literally have college classes <clears throat> for college it's, athletes to say these it's things an because easy, it's the same easy book. Answer. There's one textbook. They all read it. They memorize it. They say the same <laughs> thing for the same if they ask you this question there's 17 forms of this question right if they do you say what bobby flood just said in fact bobby flood has probably read this book i haven't but you don't even if you just if you watch sports you know you don't you don't need to read the book you just say absolutely i need to play better especially when you're the highly paid face of the franchise and what did zach wilson say no that's it no and he got roasted and then yesterday, he didn't play. He didn't start. He's been mm. benched. And the team won. Oh, no. And apparently, he took off right after the game, didn't celebrate with the team, you know, and, and kind of made his own way 
home. I think it was a home game, so he just took off. So there's drama, and that is the rise and fall of Zach Wilson in a in a short period of time. Well, he's we're going to take Collins here. Very young, yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, this is a sports show. I think the way this goes is the next comment that the guy sitting opposite on the table says is, well, Zach's a young quarterback and he'll rebound and he's a talent, got a talented arm and he's going to, yeah. you know, he, he just, it was just too young, too much pressure too early. And, and that, there's some truth to that. I would argue, I would go back to his time at BYU and there was some red flags with Zach Wilson. He was always very confident, bordering cocky and arrogant he had one good season at BYU and it was very good but I think there's some red flags there hopefully he can turn it around I I don't I'm not rooting for him to fail hopefully he can turn it around and focus on his job which is to be a football player not a uh, rock star or a uh, you know media darling or something like that and also Zach I don't know if it's true or not, but stop fooling around with your mom's friends. Okay, that's just... That's conjecture, right? It's an unsubstantiated <laughs> rumor here. Right. Kenny, Kenny gave us uh, some <clears throat> lyrics for the Fauci singing, yeah, by I the way. S- I Did saw that. I thought that? they I were quite right clever. want to just go ahead and... Last Christmas, I gave you the shot, but the very <laughs> next day, you developed a clot. This year, Let's to save rhyme. you from sniffles, six boosters will be something special. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that <laughs> sums up Dr. Fauci. I, saw, I did see uh, some news over the weekend that the, he had a seven-hour deposition, and it turns out he doesn't remember anything about the COVID episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was did a long time that? ago. He's see a- that... Uh, I followed a little bit on the deposition, and I'm hoping that the whole record can go public soon because I think it's important. I think it's going to be really, I, you know, Fauci is another one that I will post a link to this one. The, it's worth your. Uh, it's it's worth looking at just to to get the continue to fill in the gaps, the full picture of what happened. You know, Fauci should have been hauled off a long time ago. He's had a couple of sets of email leaks. We've covered those. That were very damning. That were very much shown that exposed he was, him as a bald faced liar or was, a bold faced liar, depending was, on which of those two versions. Yeah, and you he prefer. was deliberately, deliberately engaging in uh, kind of uh, censorship campaigns over uh, dissenting. We'll call it pedophilia. Uh, <laughs> no, just dissenting opinions about how to best handle the the, the pandemic. He shot JFK. He might have. He gave him a shot. I don't think, you know, I'm, I don't think Fauci could hit the broadside of a barn from 20 yards with a shotgun. He okay. doesn't strike me as someone who's real savvy around firearms. He has his people do that. But he did kill a lot of puppies, like literally. Yeah, he did. So, which remember that while we're talking about football today, you remember that Michael Vick went to jail for running a pit bull. Dog is that why fighting he went to jail? exchange or circle or whatever you want to call it. Yes, that's why he went to jail. Which maybe jail was or wasn't too harsh, but Fauci killed a lot of puppies. Puppies weren't even fighting each other. He was just pinning them down in cages and killing them with experimentation. 
Right. Isn't that isn't that as, as equally or even worse than running a, a dog fighting ring? Well, think of the children. I mean, we've got to protect them. <clears throat> there ought to be a law. <laughs> there ought to be. Well, yeah, I think I, I think it's <coughs> it's becoming very clear that the legacy media, the the old media narratives, are very much just fiction. Well, and and one of the sad it, things about for, it, remember, good people. A lot of people would contend with me. Well, well, no, there's some truth there, right? Like I watched the news, and yeah, there was an accident. You know, I know I know some police officers, and they will argue back and say, no, the news media is misreporting a lot of the very important facts. Yeah, there was an accident, but the circumstances surrounding it may or may not be right. what they say on the news. Right. There and, was I, a- and it's like, I was there, and they got this and this and this and this wrong. So so I, when if you say that, like if somebody were to say to me, oh, uh, Bo- uh, Jordan, Bobby, Jordan, Bobby, you can't call the news fiction. It's based in reality. I would say, well, so is most of Hollywood. Yeah, it's most called historical what, fiction. Well, most a lot of what we see in movies and on, um, you know, t- I don't know if you even call it on TV these days. Popular media. Popular, yeah, whatever. It's based in fiction. It's based in in reality in some way, sure. so that they can have believable fiction. That's what you've got on the news today is fiction, believable fiction. And the the sad thing about all of that is that there are some stories right now that in a different timeline or a different day and age would have honest journalists absolutely in a frenzy. Like the Jeffrey Epstein story, that is an un, that is a that is a ball of yarn that would unravel multiple Multiple Pulitzer Prize stories, oh, like that. that that's money, money in the bank. If they were to do the Fauci stories, if you yeah. you know to break those and to present them would win people all kinds of awards. Again, in a different world, a world that values honesty and transparency, where journalists actually held people in power accountable. That's the whole sort of the 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 lofty claim of journalism, right? Speaking truth to power and and now they're just the the spokespeople for the powerful, right? And they they have so much available material. They could have. Uh, I guess that's the problem again. I call it the carpet bombing of the American mind, right? Because now we're so destroyed that everything is salacious. Right. Like, look look at this list of uh, items from this article. I'm going to link to here that things that they they didn't allow the the government very uh, aggressively pushed the court to not allow any. Uh, recording any outside witnesses in there. They just had this dep- these depositions with the attorney generals. Right? Are you talking about the Fauci? The Fauci one, yeah, yeah. Like they, there, were, it was like this is closed door. We can't have anyone see this. But but some of these people who were involved that that reported on this and the details came it came out with these points, these detailed observations that they, f- they recognize from the deposition. Number one, Fauci is a skillful liar. I mean, to make that assertion in media, you've got to back it up. And here's their points. You know, he, it appears he's lying when he feels he can get away with it or if there's not going to be any um, meaningful con- consequences. For example, Fauci frequently lied unless or and until he was confronted with alternate facts. For example, he claimed he wasn't familiar with Ralph Barrick, the creator of the COVID virus, or Peter Daszak, who brokered Fauci's 
NIAID grant money to the Chinese biolab in Wuhan. These are documented. There's right. corroborating evidence that came out from the emails, right? And he and he so he basically lied about it until he was confronted with the evidence that his own chief of staff emailed him describing this information. <laughs> because yeah. those those emails were recovered. So this this guy lies with impunity. He does. He claims he has no knowledge that his communications team didn't coordinate with social media companies to stop, quote, misinformation and disinformation until he was forced to admit that he actually did know. Why? Because we have the emails. Right. right. Those emails were shocking, and they should have been the end of I mean, Fauci. A, well, I'm going to stop there because I know you want to keep going on other stuff. But this is like three pages of bullet points. Right. <laughs> it's remarkable. I mean, he and Francis Collins, who was his boss at the time, emailed one back and forth and, and used the phrase, in regards to the Great Barrington Declaration, used the phrase, devastating takedown. We need to take these guys right. out Here's in what a he devastating said in the deposition. takedown. This is a quote from the deposition. One of my favorite quotes from Fauci's deposition today. This is from the article. Quote, I have a very busy day job running a $6 billion institute. I don't have time to worry about things like the Great Barrington Declaration. Keep in mind that we have full records of emails in which he took full credit for coming out very strongly against it and calling right. it misinformation, disinformation. Right. I mean, a $6 billion institute. <laughs> he, he's remarkably arrogant. He's, this is the guy that says that he is the science. Oh, yeah. I am the science. He's going to retire here in a couple of weeks, and he will fade away, and we'll never hear about him again. And because we're no, going to freaking uh, be there at will, war, there will be no accountability. We're going to we're going to be so preoccupied with survival fairly soon, right? That we won't be able to worry about this. That's the way you do it. Yeah, that's the way it's always been done. This is how we do it. Well, there are what some. Want, what do you want to talk about? Today? There are some good journalists out there. Julie Kelly, Whitney Webb. Uh, this, uh, this Do these people have Substacks. I'll look for them and try to link. To Whitney them. Webb has, uh, I think her her website is called Unlimited Hangout. Um, Julie Kelly might. She's been doing a lot of good work on the January sixth prisoners. Yeah. Again, that's another story that, in a different timeline, would be cause for mass arrests amongst the government. We have political prisoners in America. Being American being citizens tortured. being tortured, held indefinitely in, in detained, solitary confinement in Washington D.C. Right, because they attended a protest. Not not dissimilar <clears throat> to the pussy hat protest when Trump was elected. Right. What was the fallout from that? No, nothing. Nothing. Nobody said a, a well, word. Well, very few people have been have been arrested or tried for violence committed during the, the BLM riot, riots of 2020. Right. Well, here we are. Okay. We're 40 minutes in. What? Yeah, we got nothing to talk about. <laughs> How you been? Uh, yeah. You, you got out, you did a little bow hunting? Did a little bow hunting. Um, couple, did, there's uh, a few do, more days. Do any of the older people, you, you talked to some family over the weekend, I assume? Yeah. Do any of the older folks even know what FTX is? Uh, it didn't really come up. Um, I think for the most part, the mainstream narrative with FTX is carrying the day. It's like, like I don't even know if my parents would know, or my my dad would know what FTX is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I didn't ask my dad about it. 
Um, but I think the mainstream narrative is is winning the day, and that's the that's that this uh, eccentric young genius billionaire just got in over his head, and it just got out, just got carried away. But he's a good-hearted, and thus we need more crypto regulation. He, well, yeah, he's a good-hearted philanthropist that was giving away so much money, and and to really the the, the real tragedy in all of this is that his plans to save the world are now foiled because his company collapsed. <laughs> that's literally what they're saying i mean the wall street journal wrote an article like that like hmm. and it's like why are you running co- this is again this one of those stories that if it un- if you were to able to unravel it would be one of those all-timers i think a lot of the stories nowadays would make watergate look like uh, oh. high, high school drama oh like, yeah there's so much corruption and entanglement and conspiracy going on the right now. The last 20 years, and nobody, tons of them. Nobody wants to unravel them. Well, not nobody. There are good people trying to. Well, they but. get deplatformed. Like I, you sent me this article uh, from, who wrote it? It's called The Grand Unified Theory of the FTX Disaster. Right. And it's long. It's almost book length. But it, it was written by a guy named Matthew Short Crawford. Book. What? Yeah, a short book, but yeah, it's very long. Well, he said in this he, day and age, it's he a even book. said it's the one of the longest articles he's ever written. It, it, I mean, who's reading books again these days? But uh, this guy Matthew Crawford did a pretty good job putting a lot of the pieces together. But I, I don't know if you need to read it or not. The TLDR, the too long did not read that I would put on this is just that. Matthew Crawford's finally figured out that Alex Jones was right about almost everything. I mean, <laughs> right. literally, he gets into the the conspiracy. It's or, or you could entitle it, "Yes, Virginia, there is a conspiracy." <laughs> right. And I, of course, I'm referencing that uh, old story, "Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus." But I mean, he gets into the the pedophilia links, the the total global governance global control mechanism of the central bank digital currency. And, you know, he does a pretty good job uh, at least showing how, how the, the personalities involved with FTX are, are intertwined in that. And it just shows that it's a big, it's a big thing. This is a big thing and it centers around the, the main areas of academic, political, and financial influence in America, one of which is right. MIT, one of which is uh, the Clinton family. I think, the MI, I think MIT is, is front and center in a lot of this. They, oh, and there's a lot of pedophilia involved. Yeah, he alleges. Today's uh, uh, November 28th. On November 30th, that's two days hence, the New York Times is hosting a, an event. And speaking at this event will be Secretary Janet L. Yellen, U.S. Department of the Treasury, Larry Fink, Chairman and CEO of BlackRock, President Vladimir Zelensky, Ukraine. (laughs) Okay. BlackRock and Zelensky and the former Treasury Secretary. And Sam Bankman-Fried, CEO, FTX. This is what th- is wrong with this picture, you ask. <laughs> so it's very odd that A, they're keeping him on. This is a kid who has committed a vast amount of fraud. At the very least, he has committed a vast amount of financial fraud and stolen 
billions of dollars and then squandered and lost it all. Why isn't the New York Times saying he Never will no mind. longer, yeah, we have bumped him from the platform. <laughs> Never and, mind. Maybe they will, or maybe they have, and I haven't noticed yet, but he's speaking alongside these other people. What does Zelensky have to do with Larry Fink, Janet Yellen, and Sam Bankman-Fried? Well, we know what he has to do with Freed or Fried, because... Bankman-Fried, I think is how that's He's given a lot of money... Bankman fried, FTX. You don't say Bankman, you say Bankman fried, as if it was three words. <laughs> right. Bankman fried Bank gave Man a lot fried. of money to, to Ukraine through his no, charities. Thought, did he? Or I no, the Ukrainians well, they did. They did. His, I thought the Ukrainians took the taxpayer money. They did that too. There was lots his of stuff, and then he gave it to the Democrats. That, that also happened. And then you have BlackRock, the CEO of BlackRock, Larry Fink. BlackRock is a. Is a nefarious company then of course janet yellen this is all so absurd is that janet yellen did you say janet yellen is a nefarious company no i just said then of course you have janet but yellen that, which, that would actually work well in a sentence she, i, I was she with works, janet yellen, yellen she was a nefarious company she just works for treasury which you know take take that it goes without saying right <clears throat> so this it's all so bizarre and again this is one of those stories that this uh this our our author um Matthew Crawford via rounding the earth his substack is trying to unravel and the mainstream media the mainstream press is not only not trying to unravel it but they're actively running interference running all these puff pieces about Sam Bankman Fried right. fiction <clears throat> fiction based in reality right a world that has been pulled over your eyes. In a world. Is it world pulled over your eyes or wool pulled over your eyes? Uh, Morpheus tells Neo that he has been blinded by the world that has been pulled over his eyes. Okay. I guess I better double check that because we're interested in accuracy, <laughs> Dimitri. Um. Well, anyway, it's been an interesting uh, uh, few days of just kind of watching all of this play out. This this FTX stuff, people screaming, yelling about Elon Musk and Twitter being more of a free speech platform, which might just be a hoax or a front. But it's funny to watch the meltdown of people like uh, <laughs> Alyssa Milano. You remember her? She hasn't taken any red pill yet. Oh no, no. She's taken the green blue gr greenish blue pill. <laughs> she's she's just taken the idiot. Mor she's pill. never had this conversation with Morpheus. I see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he's expecting to wake up. Ironically, that's not far from the truth. Keep Alyssa M Milano in the back of your mind here. Do you be believe in fate, Alyssa? Yes. Oh. Why? <laughs> Because I like the idea that I'm not in control of my life. <laughs> I don't know exactly what you mean, but let me tell me why. Why don't you tell me why you're here? No, see, this, he's having this conversation with Morpheus, and he says, do you believe in fate? And he says, no, why not? Because I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of my life. And Morpheus says, I know exactly what you mean. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something, what you know you can't explain. See, if he's talking to Alyssa Milano, he's like, you're not here because you don't know anything. She, uh, 
She's a professional idiot, and she uh, <laughs> she. Uh, this is a common uh, form of employment in the modern world. Go. She tweeted uh, recently, in the last couple of days, that she bought a Tesla, but is now returning it because Musk took over Twitter. And instead, she bought a Volkswagen, and quote, "I love it." And then she went on to talk about how evil Elon Musk is. Now her timeline, you know, Twitter, you can search Twitter timelines. Her Twitter timeline is full of past tweets about how amazing Elon Musk is. But her tweet detailing that she got rid of her Tesla for ethical reasons and instead bought a Volkswagen sparked a lot of people to enlighten her on the history of Volkswagen. Who founded Volkswagen? Wait a minute. The ethical history, the she bought a Volkswagen because it was ethical. Because why? She she got rid of her Tesla for ethical reasons. Yeah, but the Volkswagen was ethical. Why? It, because it's not a Tesla. So she just liked the Volkswagen. Do you know what kind of model Volkswagen she got? Was it a a Beetle? Was it was a nineteen forty two Volkswagen. She didn't. She didn't. She didn't. Was it a was it a was it a vintage car? She didn't. Put, she didn't specify. <laughs> here's here's her exact tweet. Okay. Again, something we're not going to link to here on the Mind Virus show. I gave back my Tesla. You have to I take bu- Bobby Flood's word for it. I bought the VW EV. I love it. Oh, so I'm it's not the electric sure. Tesla. I'm not sure how adverti- advertisers can buy space on Twitter. Publicly traded companies, products being pushed in alignment with hate and white supremacy doesn't seem to be a winning business model. Top reply. Volkswagen was literally founded by the Nazis and Hitler. <laughs> Elon Musk responded to that reply yeah, of he did. with a smiley face and a 100 <laughs> emoji. So this is where the professional idiots, like, it's fine. I don't care. Alyssa, return your Tesla for any dang reason you want. Buy any other car you want. But if you're going to do so for political and what you think are ethical reasons, Maybe, just maybe, have some inclination of the parties involved. And I'm not saying somebody shouldn't buy a Volkswagen nowadays, but the fact remains that Volkswagen so you're is saying, a Nazi creation. You're saying that Melissa, Alyssa, Alyssa, it starts with an A, not a Melissa. Yeah, Alyssa, Alyssa Milano. Who like, played What's Her Face like a, on a, Who's the Boss? Right, that sounds like... With Tony Danza. We've all... People our age know exactly who she is. It sounds like a synthetic material you would wrap your car in. An Alyssa Milano. Right. Uh, Or a mint Milano cookie. You're saying, you're reporting it here on the Mind Virus show first, that she is anti-Semitic. Well, I'm not... uh, I'm not reporting it first. She's reporting it first. She reported it first? Again, this woman... This is the same woman who, on Good Friday, okay... Which Friday? Good Friday, which was the traditional day of Christ's crucifixion, in which Christ on the cross pointed to John, and this, what did he say? Year? This year? Yes. Okay. What did, what did Christ say to John when he was on the cross? He said, I'm out of here, buddy. He might you have. Take, he said, that lady right next to you, take care of her as if she was your mother, and lady, this kid, take care of him as if he were your son. That's what he said. Right. And then he said, I'm out of here. I will see you later. On that day, I that, have conquered. I have won the race. I am leaving this place. On that day, and I'm going to butcher this because I'm not. I don't have the exact quote, 
Maybe I should try to find it. Could you butcher it any worse than it was said in the first place? On Good Friday, I think ignorantly, Alyssa Milano tweeted out that we have to stop. We have to stop telling women that they need to be taken care of by their kids as they age. Old women don't need to be taken care of by their adult kids. Something like this. And I'm going, and I'm just like, she doesn't even know that it's Good Friday where Christ literally told John, take care of my mom for me, please. Like, of course she doesn't, but it's just the timing. The universe has a sense of humor because she wasn't doing that in some anti-Christian, anti-Good Friday tweet. She's just a professional idiot. (laughs) And so professional idiots do things that idiots do, but at a professional elevated level. Okay, name another professional idiot. Oh, well, there's, you know, basically any Hollywood starlet or actor. I mean, they're all just morons. Give us another moronic... uh, escapade episode whatever come on off the top of your head you've got to have one you're saying there's lots of them out there yeah let me let me think well i mean you've got stephen king has been pretty good pretty good professional idiot yeah and i i like some of stephen king's books um some of them are not very good i'm not totally in uh, you know engrossed or in his universe but he's written some really class some classics but he has been a complete moron Politically, with Trump and some of the things he said about Trump and COVID, um, I don't really want to look up the exact ones, but he's been a good example. Keith Olbermann's a professional idiot. Okay, he's a former sports broadcaster. I'm kind of trying to think. Of, I'm, I'm thinking there were there have been some that have been less well known. Like there was a bodybuilder that was saying, "You can use me as a test case if I die from yeah, the vaccine. If, if I die, then you were right. You were right. And if I don't, you've got to admit that you were wrong." And then he abruptly died after he took the. Yeah, booster. we can't ask him for comment because he's dead. That seems. Unf- I hate to say it because I mean the guy's dead, but that's pretty idiotic. Well, and it, just, I, it seems to be inviting calamity to say it's hubris. It, it, it to the it's, yeah. It's it, this like goes back to Greek myth, you know, like the. The comments of some of those uh, unfortunate characters who challenged the gods. Yeah, it's kind of like I, uh, you don't want to tempt the fates, right? That's I think where the term comes from, right? Because the fates <laughs> were three women in in Greek mythology, right? right? These the three witches. You yeah. kind of see them in uh, you, you see them play out in a lot of different uh, folklore, like um, as opposed to the Furies. <clears throat> Don't get them confused. Uh, you have them in uh, the Black Cauldron, right? You have them in, uh, or that series, the yep, Black Cauldron no, series. That, yep. You have them in, um, uh, I watched a show recently, uh, Sandman, the, the Neil Gaiman show, uh, the, the graphic mm-hmm. novel. I think we mentioned that. The, uh, the fates show up in that. Uh, it's a cool little archetype. But yeah, you don't tempt the fates. And that's mm-hmm. what this bodybuilder, who I think... Was probably a decent guy. I, I didn't. I don't You're follow. You call him a professional idiot. <clears throat> I don't know what he did was idiotic. I think, but uh, so to be a professional idiot, you've got to ha- reach a whole nother level here. Well, you have to be paid for it. I mean, like you think about someone like Alyssa Milano. What is her job? Well, she'll tell people she's an. You're, well, I'm an actress. Well, what has she been in? What has she been in recently? Does Nicole Kidman get to uh, have that title since she goes on TV eating bugs? And trying to make us think that it's good, probably. That's pretty. Yeah. That's close. That, how about Robert De Niro? 
The He's, only thing yeah. he can come up with is F Trump. Yeah, the, Trump. You're never eating at my restaurant. Trump really triggered this this uh, the, the Trump derangement syndrome, which we kind of say tongue in cheek. I think is real. I know people personally that have become so uh, so attached to hating Trump that it's like it's consumed them, and it's really odd. Smart people, people that I kind of used to admire and things. I'm not going to mention names. Some of these people are fairly well-known locally, and it's like... Yeah. A lot of this is resultant to the media creating a fictional account of his presidency. Right. And, of course, his tweets, which were hyperbolic. And <clears throat> so we... So we had half of the country that's got the excuse that, well, we couldn't have Trump because of his mean tweets, and now we just have full-on 100% total graft and corruption and war, which is better than a little hyperbole in, in tweet. This is Alyssa Milano on April 14th, 2022. Okay. Can we stop saying to our sons things like, take care of your mother while I'm gone? This is insinuating that women can't take care of our take care of ourselves, and it's bull. Beep, bleep. Goal. <laughs> oh. Is that announcer that does that for the? Does he do the World Cup? I don't think so. He might locally. He's I like think the, he's a Mexican he's announcer. The international maybe. equivalent of the let's get ready to rumble guy. Yeah, that guy still does uh, UFC fights. Yeah. And now, the main event. I think it's the same guy. Why are we doing podcasts? We should just be watching that stuff. Oh, I do watch UFC. It's just, I'm, I'm just talking about the drama of it. Not We don't have to watch UFC. That's kind of like... Uh, it's visceral. That's the word. Like makes you like. Make, well, at least makes me squirm in my seat. It's like, oh, don't. Oh, yeah. It can be brutal. Did that to that guy. It can be oh, brutal. Man, he's out. Ouch. That's it's all over. If this were real life, he'd be dead. This is how people get killed in the real world. You know. By the way, this is John nineteen, and they're doing it with their bare hands and bare feet. Uh, they wear little gloves, like on their. On they their fists, they're they're like fingerless, so their knuckles are are padded a little bit, but they still have their fingers. Isn't that so they can hit harder? Well, and it's so they can do or certain hit, grips, hit more often, grapples, and because there's wrestling involved. But I it makes it a little. It's bit brutal. More, it's a brutal it sport. I was watching once. I was watching once where you know they kick right, and the guy kicked another man's leg, and his leg, the kicker's leg, broke in I've half. I've seen that, and it was clip. just like. It's Ooh. just like he 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 hit him with the shin and it yeah and then he didn't realize force. it and he put he he, he tried to went step. back and planted on the broken leg and he just collapsed and I was watching with some friends and we were all just sick uh, it was reminiscent but, of Joe Theismann getting his f- right femur broken but this is John nineteen twenty seven just to hammer home the professional idiot right remember what she said on Good Friday okay. Then saith he to the disciple, he being Christ, Behold thy mother, and from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. Can we stop saying to boys, take care of mom when I'm gone? Well, you take it up with Jesus, okay, Alyssa? Because that's exactly what he said to his friends when he died. We used to do like a young men's um, statement, a priesthood statement, that we don't repeat anymore. 
and it had something about um taking care of of women girls and children you know like uh, respecting not just taking care of but respecting and taking care of women girls and children or well, I, I don't know if it was that. it was women and children or do you remember how that goes? I don't remember it's, it. It's been long forgotten. I bet there's a lot of listeners out there that could recite the young women's theme. Yeah, but that priesthood theme seemed like it was kind of short lived. I think and, one at least of the, in the grand theme scheme of things. One of the major problems with our society right now, and a lot of the root of some of our problems, is that the role of men has been systematically dismantled over the last twenty five years. Fatherhood. And yeah. just be like right now, the worst thing, the worst thing that anyone can be or aspire to be is a, is a Master strong, man. physically strong, emotionally strong, masculine man. And if you're white, In the, we're talking about Western society, the Russians, yeah. the Chinese, the Africans, they're not into this crap. Okay. And if you're white, it's even worse. So the, the worst, Indians the, aren't into the it. worst thing in the world right now in the United States is a white is a strong white male. At least we we get it that there's a, a very active vocal but unheard segment of society, probably even a majority that's being silenced out there that doesn't agree with that. But there's enough momentum out there that is very damaging. There's millions of men, millions of women and men who are being brain damaged by this idea that men shouldn't be men and women shouldn't be women. Did right. you did you see I, I sent you over some Mr. Rogers clips? Did you ever watch those? I think I did. Where he was he was singing about this in the sixties and seventies. Right. That, that boys grow up to be daddies and girls grow up to be mommies, and that's just the way it is. And then he was they, they trotted him out before Congress to try to get funding for PBS. And he was telling them how uh in his very soft way, Mr. Rogers, if anything, was a sincere person. Uh and you know you you wouldn't look at him as uh, a role model for a masculine man, but he he was a really astute and very sensitive guy, mm-hmm. and he was perfect for working with children because he's like helping them to talk through their problems and then helping them to realize that they can be even though the world is difficult, they can grow up to be a daddy. They don't have to grow up to be a tranny. Okay. <laughs> right. It didn't say that boys grow up to be trannies and girls grow up to be. <laughs> yeah, there are lots of words coming to mind. I'm not going to say it, but he he explains this to the um, his philosophy to the senator, whoever the maybe it was a House committee. I can't I can't remember who it was, but right. they were they were trying to justify all this money for PBS, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to help these young kids work through conflict, and this is post. This is post-World War II, probably post-Vietnam even. And, and he's like, we're trying to help society here to work through conflict, to recognize our traditional natural roles. And he, had, and he read the lyrics from one of, his, one of his songs that was all about how kids could, could talk about their concerns with, with a trusted adult that would help them to resolve it in a correct way, right? Right. And so the idea was, if you want to fight with people, then I'll help you to be a peacemaker. If you want to take drugs, I'm going to help you to recognize that's not the right path. It wasn't, wasn't come talk to me and I'll help you to understand how you can get a sex change operation. 
We'll, you right. Know, or come talk you're... to me and I'll tell you how your ideas on, on fatherhood are actually yeah, rooted I'm in gonna, white supremacy and hate. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confuse you further. It was no, I'm going to, we're going to help the kids to come to this. And I'm not saying traditional society is perfect, but in the golden age of America, we were able to have a nuclear family, right? Um, we, we were able to have a very contiguous, relatively <laughs> uh, stable society because we've, we had American values and traditional families. And so that's what he was focusing on. And the, and the senator, whoever, he's like, well, I think you just got PBS their $20 million, you know? Right. And everybody laughed and clapped and whatever. But this, the, the, that guy is no longer there, you know? He, he, he demonstrated you could be soft-spoken, but you could still be centered in reality. You could still be... Um, a sensitive guy and be re- respectable, you know, right. and, and, and if you, if uh, I think a lot of people would look at Mr. Rogers and say, well, he was an effeminate guy. I don't think so. I think he was very solid. You don't have to be a, a, a Sylvester Stallone Rambo to be a man. Right. And, and so we've lost both sides of it. Right. The media has framed and Disney, I think was especially adept at this in the 90s, they took all the parent roles and made them look like idiots, right? And usually you'll have, in in one of these typical sitcoms or Disney shows or whatever, you'll have a mom who's having to do all the work and and keep the household together. You got a dad that's pretty much an idiot and the kids are the ones figuring everything out. Yeah, that's that's the typical like sitcom formula right i mean for kids kids. homer simpson's a good example of that and i love homer simpson he's hilarious and sure but there are episodes where homer is for adults yeah and there are episodes where homer is the hero but you look at stuff like but the simpsons are for adults right not for kids but even in sitcoms that are more adult you know targeted you still have the idiot husband and the smoking hot wife that does all the work you know everybody loves raymond or uh the one with kevin james I don't remember the name of that one. Mall Cop. No, I know that. it's the King of Queens. King of Queens. That's it. Yeah, and and, and there's there's other examples. And there's very few uh, anymore that have a father that's actually a leader of the household. No, if you'd get you'd get these lone wolves like Magnum PI, right? Nash Bridges, right? Not not a but they're just womanizers, yeah. you know. Don't yeah, have time say, for I'm, family see, and see, kids. That's, the, that's that's where it went. It went to this extreme, right? And then right. you create an arc, a stereotype that's not a real archetype. It's a stereotype, and then you just assassinate that and call it toxic masculinity. Right. And in reality, uh, from what I've seen, what's his name that plays uh, Magnum PI? Um, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Yeah. He's not such a bad guy, but he is a he isn't into right. guns and stuff like that. And I, I remember 10 years ago, he was on some talk shows trying to defend reality and they just uh, assassinated him for the caricature of the guys that he plays in, in movies because he's a very masculine looking man. I'm looking up some other uh, professional idiots. Okay, well, I'll just sit here and listen while you do that. <laughs> No, I do lament. I do lament that evil people have taken control, or even greater control of the of the uh, 
main messages and narratives in society. We saw we saw Disney switch, you know, in the in the '90s. Even they they had stories that were very um, appropriately based in the you know old or, old archetypal stories. You know, Sleeping Beauty, a great story about a, a a young woman, right? Cinderella also has a strong female lead, right? And and they tell the. Um, the archetypal story in a, in a really positive way. Um, you know, sure it could have been done a little bit differently, but at the time that was perfect. And they're, and they're still, they are timeless, but you get, you know, for some reason you can't have Prince Philip slay the dragon with the sword of truth and the shield of righteousness, you know, like literally that's what they said in sleeping beauty. Right. I saw um, the new Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Oh yeah, <clears throat> it's about a girl. It's uh, it's terrible. It's about a the new Black Panther is no longer a guy; it's a girl, right? Yeah, well, because um, what's his name? The actor passed on. W- what was his real name? Chad Chadwick something. I'll find out. You keep talking. He 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 passed away in real life, so they obviously had to recast him. And there there was some nice uh, little subtle. Not subtle, but just some some quiet uh, tributes to him in the film, which I thought were nice. Those were nicely done. And the fact that he was gone in real life gave some... Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, gave some... Uh, it, it gave some realism to the grief that the actors, the characters were feeling on screen because this was a friend and mm-hmm. co-worker who was really gone. And so that, I think that was added some nice depth to the film however the plot in the story is just it's just it's typical like disney lazy storytelling nowadays and uh, the movie's two hours and 41 minutes and the black panther's in the movie for something like 10 or 12 minutes meaning the woman black panther meaning like in costume doing superhero black panther things so it's a soap opera it is. It's a lot of dialogue, a lot of talky talk, a lot of setup, a lot of, and, and you know, there's another character. There's all of these. The men, there's the men are non-existent in the movie. The the big guy, the big strong, Wakandan guy that is kind of the rival the tribe, tribal leader. Yeah, he's in it, but he doesn't do anything. Um, Does he say Ibombe? Basically, yeah. And it, I don't know. It's just, and then there's this. You have these. You have the main character. What's her name? Like Suri or something? That the Black Panther's little sister, right? Shuri. Shuri. Uh, if you pronounce the S H, yeah, it's S H U R I. And the actress, Letitia Wright. The actress does a fine job and all that. Like, no, no slight on her at all. But Except then there's it's this not believable that. Well, she's these very. Little, these little ladies can. She's very take out small. All the, yeah, there's, it's, it has to do with momentum and mass and. Uh, <laughs> and and yes, she gets you know she gets the herb that makes her stronger. Okay, yeah, but, but still, still mass it matters. looks really kind of silly how skinny she is. You know, jumping around being this superhero. Well, Maybe that's, especially when they're taking out big guys. But there's this other character who I watched the the ham uh, the slapping contest from right. Russia where the guy with the big ham hands just knocks the other guy yeah, out. Yeah, it's just a thing. That's mass brutal. Is a thing. That's more that's brutal, brutal than UFC. Yeah. yeah, but there's another character. 
who my understanding now is that she becomes Ironheart, which is another like D-list superhero in What's the Marvel. Ironheart? I think it's a female Iron Man. But there's this this character in the in this movie is this other strong genius woman. Okay. This, this and her and Suri are almost interchangeable. They're almost the same character. They're just awesome because they're awesome. And keep in mind, this other girl, I, I don't even remember her name. They call her the scientist. She's like a college-age student. Nakia Okoye. That just knows everything. And she builds an Iron Man suit out of a blender in, a, in a, an oven or something, just spare parts around the house. And just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, knows how to fly it and is out there sh- flying around and shooting down bad guys. And it's like, wait, where did this come from? No it's origin so, story. No, it's so no trapped in a cave with his own it's so, weapons. Yeah, it's just like, okay. It's kind of like we always go back to Ren, right? Everything's just awesome because it's awesome because you're a strong, independent woman. You're talking about Ray? Ray. Yeah, what did I say? Ren. Ren, I think. Ren and Stimpy? Possibly. I think I got Kylo Ren. Yeah, and, Kylo Ren, yeah. But Ray. But it's like... And if you if you say things like I'm saying now, then I'm a toxic male that hates like empowered females. It's like, no, what I like is good storytelling. And you can tell a great story that has a female lead. There's lots of them out there. You can tell a great story with a male lead. You can also tell bad stories. And that's what this is. It's a bad story. It's just through almost three hours of, of just kind of plodding along waiting for something interesting or significant to happen or some kind of character development two hours 41 minutes it's so long it's hmm. so long it's got a 7.3 on imdb right now yeah that seems high to me I, but well i mean it, it's only rated by people <clears throat> that rate it right anyway I think it sets up. I think it's a setup for Ironheart, which I only learned that later. It's the it's the Lady Iron Man, Ironheart Marvel. This is what the internet says. <clears throat> Wikipedia, Ironheart, Riri Williams. Yeah, and that's that's the scientist girl is a fictional superhero character appearing in uh, appearing in American comic books published by Marvel. The character was created in 2016. So this is a recent development. This is not one of the <clears throat> one of the old classic Marvel characters. I think they made this character up to cre- you know to shoehorn a Iron, Man, Iron Man uh, Iron Man back into the universe, but let's make it a minority woman. And in one review I saw, I, I, I agreed. They say, he said they're killing off all the great characters that we all love, like Iron Man, like uh, Captain America, and replacing them with ones that we don't love, we don't care about, we don't have that connection with. And I'm not, like, I'm not a huge Marvel. I didn't grow up reading comics, but let's be honest here. Like Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man is awesome. He's really good at that role, and he's cool. He's cool as Tony Stark. He's cool as Iron Man, and it's all somewhat believable that this guy could create all no, that the, stuff. The Avengers, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, starting in with Iron Man in 2008, was magical, ma- magical. And that's, uh, again, <laughs> I got a lot to say on it. I'll, I won't bore you with all the details, but they very intentionally set forth an inverted narrative 
there right around 2012 and it went it went through all four of the Avengers main movies and they had the star-studded cast and all the money and all the talent to pull it off. I mean, they the, that and the surrounding franchises like uh Iron Man, Thor, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, um Captain America, Ant-Man and the Wasp even, what Guardians of the Galaxy. These were excellent films. Whether you like the stories or not, these were excellent films and they had great storytelling and they rode on a a wave of um of archetypal resonance even though they inverted it and and they did all those stories right you know iron man doctor strange and thor are all stories where you have the correct character development they can all stand on their own as almost in a lot of ways you know Christ stories. It's, you know, I, I, I uh, read through uh, Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces recently and just finished. And, and, I, and I've, got some th- I've got some things to say on it now that I'm more, uh, I guess, more experienced. But I, I don't think that he adequately encapsulates the the hero's journey. He's kind of his his stuff's a little bit wishy washy, and we've we've linked to it before, and we've talked about the hero's journey and whatnot. If you look at the Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and Thor franchises, you've you've got this great character already. Tony Stark's already great. Stephen Strange is a great surgeon, uh, and Thor is a god, and they all fall. Okay. This is different than the, what Joseph Campbell does. So, so the, the Marvel guys, and, I, and I've had friends tell me, oh, it's just, it's all based in Joseph Campbell's work. No, it's not. There's a, there's a more defined archetypal hero's journey story here. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some stuff on it. Maybe I'll link to it. I don't know. But uh, it relates to the cosmological stories that I've been telling or the cosmological narrative that I've been trying to put forth when I've had, had a chance to lay it out. The, the, you've got the godlike figure. He falls, meaning he 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 encounters great difficulty, and he has to repent. He has to change his mind. He literally has to overcome by changing who he is and becoming even greater in order to save his creation, to save humanity, to save his friends, to save. So Thor saves the Earth. Uh, Iron Man saves the world. You know, Doctor Strange saves the world. It's it's the same story and and they go through the same pattern and that's why we loved it it's the same thing that luke skywalker had to do he had to come of age right and that's why we love it whether it's a guy or a girl mulan was a good one mulan had to come of age in the disney uh animation the original okay it's okay to have a woman protagonist but you can't do it the way that they did with ray in star wars otherwise it doesn't work and so uh we saw that with the Marvel Enterprise. And just think of the painstaking, careful, lengthy setup for, for the movie Endgame, which finally comes out in 2018. Or was it, was it 2019? <clears throat> it was, was it 2018 was uh, I don't uh, remember. Infinity War? Let's see. But yeah, and those movies... Both Infinity War and Endgame were huge. Endgame was 2019. Were huge motion picture events. 
because of that setup. That long setup because we knew all these characters. And, and a lot of people misunderstood Endgame. They called it a fan movie where they were just trying. They were they they all they saw in that was people posing and, and involving all of the different characters. But you guys don't understand. That was Armageddon. That was the battle. Armageddon is not going to happen on a plane somewhere outside of Israel. It's going to happen in the real world. Not Plato's cave. We're in Plato's cave. It's not going to happen here. It's going to happen in the real world. And everybody comes back. That's why they had to resurrect everybody. They resurrected half of the cosmos. And then they brought a ton of people through spiritual type of portals. Remember the sling ring portals where they all come through and they all come to the battlefield that they've staged. And, and that, wasn't, that wasn't about just showing you all the different characters so that you could have a good feeling as fans. That was staging the final battle. And at the end of it, the fingers are snapped or the finger is snapped by Iron Man and the hosts of heaven were destroyed. The second death that they inverted it. It was supposed to be the, 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 the real ending happened in Avengers Infinity War when Thanos snaps his fingers and, and gets rid of the, the rebellion, so to speak. But in this case, they went back and then they changed the ending. But that's, that's the way it's going to be. That's what all of the eschatological texts are telling us, is that there will be a final resu- resolution to this hellish conflict that we're caught in, and it's going to be in the real world, not in the fallen, death, temporary, temporal world. And they astutely, articulately, painstakingly, carefully, patiently laid that out for 10 years. Right. And that's why it works. And the reason one of the, so I think some of these recent movies aren't working is that they're just content. They're just pumping them out. It's money. In a lot of cases, they're still inverting the story. Like for example, WandaVision was about a false reality. Right. And that was totally set up. You could see that I brought this up before, right? Thanos in the, in the last movie has a double edged sword. Mm -hmm. It's a conspicuously double edged sword. It's got two blades. The truth is like a two-edged sword. Right. You know, I mean, this is, he carries the sword of truth, right? He carries the, iconog- iconographically, he has all of these attributes of the gods of light. And his sword of truth or reality is broken by the Red Witch in the final battle. And, and I was like, at that point when I saw that, I'm like, oh man, she's a purveyor of a false reality. Perhaps she is the the scarlet woman robed in scarlet of... Uh, the book of revelation, you know, I don't know what archetypes they're really trying to draw on here, but later on they do this whole, uh, series about her taking over a town and creating a false reality. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's electric. She creates a false reality and she's, she's known for it now after that, because in Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness, I believe is the one or is it uh, Spider-Man? I'm getting my movies mixed up at this point. I think it's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness where he has to battle the Red Witch and she's creating false realities. And that's become this thing now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm off on a tangent. You can tell I get excited about this well, stuff. Well, no, it's, it's but it's just, relevant. It's relevant because the, the narratives are changed. Let's go back to what we were saying earlier, that the... the Mainstream news is fiction. It's a false reality. Not only that, but like we're, we're, I guess we're just sort of mapping out this in t- very intentional shift from old, you know, in the, in the 20th century, 
we had good narratives and now we got crap and they're just running on the fumes of the Avengers. They're, they're, right. they're, they're on the coattails and uh, maybe that's how they, how they're able to pull it off is they did something really good and then they give people a bunch of crap followed up afterwards. Oh, I'm not saying WandaVision was crap. That was actually really well done. Some of this stuff well, is really well done. All of this stuff, like, <clears throat> like for, for example, like, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, like the effects and, and all that are really good. It's a, it's a, they put a ton of money into this film. But you're wondering, like, do, but the, the master ra- storytellers must have retired or something. Or they must not or have they're as just much. have their hands tied. I mean, you, you can't have Suri uh, go through an epic struggle. They kind of try to portray that, but it's all just soap opera. It's all just, you know, emotion of be, being sad that her brother's dead. And again, I think that's, that's fine. That could be part of it, but there's, there's no real, like, there's no real struggle of her progressing to becoming the Black Panther. It's just like, oh, I have an idea. I'll be the Black Panther kind of thing. So it says that uh, <clears throat> on IMDb that that uh, Kevin Feige uh, and his two right hand people, uh, Victoria and Lewis, are producing this. Uh, that they produced. Black Panther, they they have been there the whole way through, you know. So, mm-hmm. and and some of the artic- some of the uh, interviews I read, Kevin Feige indicated that he is is deeply involved in the storytelling. And so, I think one uh, of the issues, I think he, I think there the this thread. So I'm surprised to see that this wasn't very well done. I think one of the issues is that more and more, especially with big time movies, instead of movies sort of holding up uh, an aspirational banner of who we could become or maybe the, the, the nature of humans and our ability to ascend to become something better and bigger. More Instead now, the movies are telling us what we need to be. Not telling us or showing us what we could be, but sh- telling us what we have to be based on the zeitgeist of yeah, that of today. That's a really good point because in the, in my mind, what I was you're, you're articulating what I was just trying to articulate. They moved from something that was based in the in the resonant archetypes, even though they had inverted it, of course. Because again, what I'm saying is that Thor, Iron Man, and Doctor Strange all very. Uh, distinctly played up the the regular typical mm-hmm. hero's journey archetype, the good Christ figure, the hero figure, right? Those all did that, and then it was the Avengers movies where the the things kind of started getting inverted. But they 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 used all that. They did an excellent job with that that material up through 2019, and then you get to like Captain Marvel and some of these newer these newer movies. Where I th- I'm trying to rearticulate what you just said. They moved from telling uh, a story based on the reality of the archetypes to them trying to program us into something. Yeah, they're bending the archetypes to fit the 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 or, current narrative, the current acceptable points well, of know, view. I don't know. I don't know. I think they're trying to create the acceptable point of view. Well, they're, the, yeah, they're right. programming, right? They're That's telling what they're you doing. you have to believe these things you can't you can no longer aspire to be this is the new reality we're in the new age now and this is the new reality right men are bad right you Woke can't have good. we can't have tony stark in these movies anymore because instead we have to have a 15 year old high school girl be the new iron man and we'll soften the name call her iron heart and she'll be incredible and awesome and just know how to do stuff 
because she knows how to do it. Did like, the black Captain America ever take off? I forget. I don't even know what that one is. Well, they remember how you in, mean the, his... in the Endgame movie, Capt- Captain America gives uh, the the shield to Hawkeye. It's not Hawkeye. <clears throat> it's Falcon. I kind of remember that, but I don't know if they've done anything with Falcon yet. I mean, again, this was like Wakanda Forever used the Riri Williams character. She was in the. She really served no purpose in the movie. She didn't. She was there as a setup, as an advertisement for the Ironheart series that's coming out on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, you could pluck her out of the movie. Maybe it's just moved and, to a commercial, and nothing would nothing would change in the plot. It's possible they've just moved to commercial motives. They've got a, a money printing machine, and they're using it. Yeah, uh, the, there is a new Captain America coming out in 2024, and IMDb has it titled Captain America: colon, New World Order. <laughs> no, that's a, that's just a that's I am just a linking, conspiracy. I am linking to it right now. And it's going to be the black Captain America. And Harrison Ford is in it. He plays uh, Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, which I'm assuming is a bad guy because he's an old white guy. But yeah, Captain America, New World Order. They're just, it's... They know that's going to ruffle feathers. No, not only, they just don't care. They, They are the narrative. They are, and, they, and how much and how much Marvel stuff is out there? They've got multiple, multiple spinoffs, lots of spinoffs. Here's it's the other probably thing: the biggest franchise right when it, now. When it comes to the New World Order, the New World Order isn't something that is being planned or being implemented. The New World Order is here. It's you're being told about it. It's being it's, unveiled. It's right. It's been rolled out right in front of our faces right. it's for just, a long time. It's just being unveiled right now. You're just being instructed as to its finer points. The 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 only thing they lack. In my opinion, the only missing piece is the is the digital currency. That's the last step, and I think this FTX fiasco is part of creating that. And that's what that that author at Rounded Earth kind of implies, or right. not implies, but actually says. Like this is all part of the an attempt in a in a in a small part of this huge plan to enslave humanity. Yeah, to be blunt. Yeah, that was um, what was the name of that guy? Rounding Earth, yeah, roundingtheearth.substack.com. Again, we're going to link to this. His name was Matthew Crawford, right? <clears throat> so, I I have pointed this out before. I definitely think they want this uh, central bank digital currency, but I don't think they're going to get it without a war. We're going to need ration cards. Well, we have a war. That's why they Yeah, but that's why they have to it's destroy brewing. the supply chain. They got right. to despo- de- destroy the supply chain and the best way to do that is via war, and they need to do that so that they can um limit what you purchase and the way they'll do that is through some app and your and your central bank account. That's that's the way it's going to have to happen. I don't think that we will adopt it quickly enough for them. We have, I think we have people in power who are impatient to fulfill what they perceive as their destiny to rule the world. And so you're going to see a year of chaos here, probably. Um, Martin Armstrong, 
of armstrongeconomics.com. I've mentioned him several times before. He says his computer models are pointing to that, and it does appear that you're going to see that. I think he the, the last interview I listened to, he was talking about chaos in 2023, probably full-on war by 2025. And I think they need that war so that they can fully clamp down on your consumption because you can't... They tried it with COVID, but you you actually are going to have to have a legitimate conflict that is undeniable and that takes a long time to engineer and then they can force Bobby Flood to uh, present his credentials to buy milk because we're out of milk everywhere and you can only get so many because they have to know everything about you and it's on your digital account and and in order to buy gas you're going to have to present that and have a reason for it and and they will they will dole out the goods in the command control economy as they see fit, just like they did during World War II. World War II right. was the But it'll be permanent. Setup. Oh, yeah. There's no coming out of this one. Or they'll try to make it permanent. Well, if there weren't uh, a glorious, fiery host of heavenly beings coming to burn the earth, it could be permanent. <laughs> right, right. Well, it was a good, a good note to end on, I think, today. <laughs> Okay, if we're going to end on that note, we have to read that note. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Processing. Processing. I think everybody our age can hum the Jeopardy song because we all that's another one we all grew up watching someday you should read um the entire book of malachi in context it's a warning to the priests it's really interesting it's not you take out the chapter breaks it's like not not very flattering to the leadership right chapter four of malachi for behold the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. And all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. <laughs> and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall neither that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. And if you go to the Joseph Smith history, uh, the angel um, changed that a little bit when he was talking to, to Joseph. He said, and this is in Joseph Smith history. He quoted it this way. He said, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, all that do wickedly shall burn as stubble, for they that come shall burn them, saith the Lord of hosts, and it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Read that right before you listen to the monologue in the opening sequence of the movie Avengers from 2012, where it talks about the host of the Chitare, and they're at the throne of Thanos in the cosmos, and they talk about coming down to invade the Earth, and they say something like, well, what, what about the humans? What will they do but burn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well here we are here we are guys um 
parting shot from me is simple. Don't be a professional idiot. <laughs> and don't wise, wise words from Mr. Flood. And don't listen to the professional idiots. And uh, prepare accordingly. Whatever that might mean for you. Uh, hey, thanks guys for commenting out there. We had a few a few good comments in the last week. Les came in and told us that the grace period for spoilers can't simply be when a series ends. This was uh, he's he's a few podcasts back, but he's he's making a plea for those who don't watch everything right off the bat. Okay, he suggests that you could discuss things openly, or he said. That would suggest that you could discuss things openly the day after the series finale. I suggest we need a few weeks, maybe a few months at the least. People need to be given time to catch up. For films, I would say at the very least during, during its theatrical release, maybe a month or two after it begins streaming. So six to seven months after the theatrical release. Jeez, Les. Uh, I, I, I get where he's just, coming from. I, I would just say instead of a, a I time hope we didn't period. spoil Wakanda <clears throat> forever for you. Well, I didn't tell anything about the ending, but you, you can kind of see the ending from the beginning beginning, and, and just understand that the ending is two hours and 41 minutes after the beginning. Um, but uh, I just think that if you're going to discuss spoilers in a situation like this, like a podcast, we just say spoiler alert. And those who don't want to hear spoilers can turn us off. Like so, all the other people that have turned this up. Sometimes, sometimes I will watch a movie review with spoilers before I see it, and then I'll go into that movie with a little more um, context or insight or opinion. Sometimes that can be bad. Sometimes it, it can be fine. I didn't, I didn't know anything about Wakanda Forever going into it, other than that the little sister's Black Panther. We have had people uh, turn us off and stop listening to this podcast before, but interestingly enough, we still are the most widely listened to podcast on the web. Oh, I know. I know. I get texts all the time from like Joe Rogan and uh, Elon Musk saying, how do you do it? Elon actually tweeted about the Mind Virus show. He sure did. Yeah. Should we read that as our final? Well, I want, while you're looking for that, uh, I'll just point out that on Dateline Thanksgiving, which was last week, TBM gave us the interpretation of his parable. Okay, yeah, read that. Well, I don't know if I want to read it. You can go. Okay, you I can want, look I it want up. the listeners to go to the website and click around and, and read it. But he, he interprets who the woman was, who the children are, etc. And then <clears throat> Pepe Le Pew gave us an, an intriguing, you know, first couple of lines of his short story. So we have to do a... a a plug for our short story contest, which is coming up. Bobby wants you to write somewhere in the vicinity of 3,000 words. Up to. <laughs> more, than just, more than just TBM's little parable, his limerick. I, we don't have a minimum. I think we should because, I mean, we're going to just have a bunch of joke entries like the TBM one. Well, and if that's the case, then we won't read them and we'll call you out as jokes. Well, anyway, Pepe Le Pew posted on... The last one, and he has a nice little start there, but he's refraining from telling us the secret sauce there, right? Which you should. I know. I know it's hard for you, Pepe. Don't tell us. Write it all down. Get it all done first, and then spring it on us. Well, here's Elon Musk. Musk warns about woke mind virus 
entertainment triggering civilizational suicide. Listen, Elon, thank you for listening, first of all, but we are not woke. Well, that's not what he meant. Right, I know. He's, he's, he's tapped into the essence of the Mind Virus show, so he, that's why yeah, he said well, that. Well, Elon, we'd love to have you on. Uh, we know you're a loyal listener. We, we, we could host you here in the bunker, or we could Skype you in or something like that. I don't like know if that. we want to do that. I think we need to do it in person if it's Elon. That'd be awesome. Let's do this, Elon. Let's, let's do a live show on one of your spaceships in orbit. If I can get zapped up there by like the Star Trek transporter, that'd be easier for me. More convenient. More convenient. Yeah. Well, if we can't do one in orbit, um, that's fine. We'll we'll have you here at the bunker. Bring a couple of spare Teslas that you can leave with us, just to test. Just to test for as long as we want to test them. We promise never to trade <clears throat> them in for Volkswagens. And tweet about it, because Elon. Jordan and Bobby here, we are not professional idiots. We are <laughs> amateur idiots. Speak for yourself, Bobby. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Please share, rate, all of those things. Um, well, I hope you enjoyed this fun conversation. I certainly did. Yeah, as usual, I always enjoy these uh, Monday morning conversations. And uh, we will have another one next Monday. And until then... We are signing off. All right. Have a great week.